The Kings moved to 6-6 six and six on the season with a 122-115 win against the Golden State Warriors. Finally winning against the Warriors this season. The season series is now at 1-2. This game started out with a very poor first quarter from the Kings, missing a lot of open threes early and allowing a lot of open threes, which is something you obviously can't do against the Warriors. Uh, there was a lot of slow rotations, especially from Sabonis, I thought, not getting out to corner threes, letting Wiggins shoot a lot of open threes, which uh, didn't work last game. <laughs> he made, uh, I think, 50% of his threes, 4 for 8 last game. This game, a little worse at 3 for 9. But obviously, a lot of the attention was going to Steph Curry, and Steph was allowing a lot of his teammates to get wide open. And Steph was also doing his thing. He got uh, a back cut on Keegan Murray at one point. Keegan fouled him on a three. Harrison Barnes fouled him on a three. He was causing a lot of problems. But the Kings obviously came out with a plan to stop him. And... It worked well enough to get the win. <laughs> That's all I'll say about that. Mike Brown said after the game that instead of a pregame shoot-around like they normally do, they went uh, through a walkthrough of pretty much how to stop Steph. Um, throwing different looks at him, uh, blitzing him, and uh, I guess it worked. There were a lot of times when the doubles would come, he would find an open man and they'd get an easy shot. But at the end, they didn't They didn't let Steph take over, and they let other guys have open to semi-open shots. And at the end of the day, some other guy, even if it's Clay Thompson or Andrew Wiggins, having an open shot is better than Steph having a contested shot, I guess. And it worked out, limiting Steph Curry to only 17 shots on the game and a season-low 9-3 point attempts. In fact, Andrew Wiggins had nine three-point attempts and 18 shots, more than Curry. Clay Thompson was still firing away, though. He took 13 threes and made five of them. The Kings allowed 39 points in the first quarter and only scored 26. Early on, the Warriors were scoring a lot, but the Kings were keeping up offensively. But then, towards the end, they couldn't keep the offense going forever and the Warriors pulled away at the end of that quarter. But I thought the response in the second quarter was very good. They outscored the Warriors by 15 in the second quarter. It was 38-23. to 23. And a large part of that was Malik Monk off the bench. Malik was in attack mode. He went 7-for-7 seven seven from the free throw line in this game, which just shows he was attacking the paint, which is what we need from him, not him dribbling around and then pulling for a three. He did a really good job attacking the paint and creating shifts of the defense and creating open looks for others. And he was definitely feeling himself um, in that second quarter. A lot of style moves, dribbling through the legs in traffic, doing crazy passes. Yeah, it was fun to watch. But it definitely got out of control at one point. He turned it over and then he kind of toned it down a bit. But um, 
yeah, we took advantage of the, the non-Steph minutes in that second quarter. And obviously that's very important against this Warriors team. You need to win the non-Steph minutes by a lot. The Warriors were very sloppy in this game, which is just kind of their style. But uh, Keegan Murray and Fox did a really good job of both of them taking advantage of the sloppiness. They both had three steals in this game. Keegan Murray had back-to-back steals in the second quarter at one point. And I thought even when Steph came back in in that second quarter, Davion did a really good job of containing him. Sabonis was an absolute beast in this game. The Warriors have nobody that can stop him on the glass. He had 22 rebounds and 26 points, and he was just dominant inside. Come on, Ludi can't stop him. No one on their bench can stop him. And Kavon Looney was very bad in this game because he just he just doesn't do anything. Like, if he's not rebounding and playing good defense, then he's not doing anything. Because on offense, he's just a non-factor. There was times when he, there was one time where he got the ball under the rim, wide open, and just didn't dunk it for some reason. And he just gets, like, left open with wide open driving lanes, and he just will not even look at the rim. And it definitely hurts the Warriors' offense. And when he's also getting dominated, like I said, on the other end, he's just, there's no point for him being out there. And the same can be said for Draymond a little bit. I know Draymond had 11 assists, but, I mean, he was not looking at the basket. And he also was just get, falling asleep defensively, allowing Sabonis to get on the glass. Keegan Murray had a really good bounce back game from his rough stretch that he's been on. Um, he he definitely still struggles defensively. He struggled when he was against Steph. Obviously, a lot of people are going to struggle there, and mostly a rookie. Um, but offensively, he was 5 for 9 from 3 with 21 points. And, I mean, that's what you, we need from him, just shooting the 3 with confidence. That's really all we need from him at this point. And, as per usual, he's leading the team in plus-minus, which he does almost every game. He was a plus-16. Kevin Herter was also good shooting the ball, except for free throws. For some reason, he just can't make free throws this season. And it's it's very odd because he's, I don't know, I think he's still leading the league in three-point percentage of players that have shot a bunch of threes. I don't know the exact um, minimum, but he's still leading the league, I'm pretty sure, in three-point percentage, but he just can't hit free throws. And it's very weird. But he he does a good job drawing fouls still. Like I mentioned in one of my previous um, podcasts, he's really good at doing rip-throughs and getting fouls. I feel like he just did it once a few games ago, and it worked, and he just is like, that was easy. Now I can just do this every time. You know, because guys are pushed up right on him because he's not a super big threat to drive by, so they can get up really close to him and not allow him any space to shoot. And he can just rip through and get a foul call. But he just needs to make the free throws now. The Kings didn't shoot well from the free throw line in this game. They didn't get to the free throw line very much, other than Malik Monk. 
Fox was 0 for 2 from the line. Herter was 1 for 4. And Sabonis was 4 for 6. And nobody else shot any free throws. Other than Malik Monk, of course. Sabonis actually hit two threes. He was 2 for 2 from from beyond the arc. Um, which is surprising. He had only made one three-pointer on the season before that. So now he's up to three. And if he can start hitting the three... You know, those, like, kind of late shot clock, he's wide open threes. Because we still, I don't want him taking, you know, threes super early in the shot clock, super early in the possession. But if he can knock down those kind of mid to late shot clock threes where he's wide open, that uh, does great things for our offense. Because it forces the defense to get out to him, which creates space for other guys. And I think the same exact thing can be said for Chemezi Metu. If Metu can hit that three with consistency, which he hasn't been early in this season, it adds a whole different layer to our offense. But I, I think Metu does a good job of not forcing threes like he did early in the season, like he has done throughout his whole career. And he's done a good job of playing within himself and not forcing those threes. Uh, another guy that can't hit threes right now is Trey Lyles. So he only played five minutes in this game because when his shot's not there, then he's not doing too much else. So he didn't play much. And it was Terrence Davis out there more against a smaller Golden State team. And Terrence Davis was pretty good uh, defensively, I thought, and just bringing energy. Harrison Barnes' three-point shot is still really not there. He made one in this game, but he also airballed a wide-open corner three, which, I don't know, brings him up to like three or four airballed corner threes on the season. I don't know what's up with that, but maybe he'll start hitting threes at some point, and that also adds a whole other layer to our offense if he could do that. The fourth In the fourth quarter, we had a, a lead midway through the fourth, and the Warriors made their comeback, Steph hitting some crazy shots. And there were some very questionable fouls, like Steph just running into Fox, and somehow Fox getting called for the foul when Fox literally had the ball. That was odd. But, again, we didn't allow that to affect us, and then we went on a big run to close the game, which is something we've been doing a lot lately, is just, going on runs at the end of the game, you know. Basketball is a game of runs, and if you get the last run, you're more than likely going to win, and that's what we've been doing late in these games as of late. And obviously one of the big reasons for that is De'Aaron Fox. De'Aaron Fox on the season is shooting 64% from the field, 57% from three, and 100% from the free throw line in clutch situations. And he leads the league in clutch points. He has just been incredibly clutch this season. And it's not necessarily a new thing. He's been clutch for a while. But now the wins are coming with it. And also the recognition uh, from the national media is coming with it as well. He only had, I think it was 11 points going into the fourth. He ended with 22 and he was 5 for 6 from the field in that fourth quarter. And his one miss was then turned into a putback from a big...
big rebound from Sabonis late in that game. But Fox was just cooking him, getting to that mid-range. Also getting uh, open threes uh, when Sabonis was uh, attacking inside and they were doubling him. And Fox hit an open three there. And he also had just had some some crazy, or at least one crazy drive to the basket, finishing through two guys uh, off the glass, which was amazing. The Warriors just don't have many offensive options on this team. They have Steph Curry, Andrew Wiggins, and then after that, you know, there's Clay Thompson and Jordan Poole. But both of those guys have not been playing well to start this season. Clay Thompson in this game, I mean, he was just, I mean, he does not lack confidence, obviously. He just will shoot any shot he gets. And most of them are early in the shot clock, which I think really hurts the Warriors' offense. Um, not allowing them to get any ball movement in the possession. And he'll just check up a three and miss it. And he also wasn't hitting late in the game. Neither was Wiggins. When the Warriors would, um, or when Steph would get trapped, and the Warriors would get, you know, a, a good shot, they just weren't hitting them late in that game. And I think the difference between um, this game and the last game for the Kings is when those misses happened, they took advantage on the other end and extended a lead instead of just getting the stop, but then not really doing anything offensively. Jordan Poole was, he had 18 points, which I guess is better than he has been doing recently, but he was only 6 for 14. Clay Thompson, 6 for 16. They just aren't shooting well and don't have any other offensive options, because obviously Dante DiVincenzo is not an offensive option. Neither is Anthony Lamb, neither is Jonathan Kaminga, neither is Kevon Looney, neither is Draymond Green. Like, they just don't have offensive options on this team and I think they were hoping that Jordan Poole wouldn't be this bad first of all Clay Thompson wouldn't be this bad and then that one of the young guys would step up like James Wiseman or Kuminga or Moses Moody but none of them have it's kind of nice to I feel like be talking about the Warriors problems a lot and not talking as much about the Kings because this was just a win for the Kings where it's like they kind of just did what I expected them to do because of these last few games. They just did the same thing, which was play well, and Fox takes over down the stretch. There's not much different to talk about for the Kings because this just seems to be an actually good team that did what they should do in this game and win the game at home against a bad Golden State Warriors team right now. Now, the Warriors might figure it out, but as of now, they are not good, and they are now 0-7 on the road. It just seems like the this Kings team has a lot of offensive options now, where if one guy's not going, another guy will be. If Fox isn't going early, um, Sabonis and Keegan Murray and Kevin Herter and Malik Monk will pick up the slack. You know, if Davion Mitchell's not going, you know, Terrence Davis or Malik Monk are there. Maybe Trey Lyles, you know, has a few games where he's knocking down a bunch of threes. And that's just something that we haven't had for a while. Also, one thing that was just funny to watch was how much this Warriors team travels in double dribbles. You know, because obviously they, the, 
NBA referees have been emphasizing the carry, um, which has hurt the Warriors because Jordan Poole does that all the time. But uh, not even that, just traveling has been getting called a lot on the Warriors. In this game, I don't even know how many travels they had, but it added up to a lot of turnovers. Jordan Poole traveled, Steph Curry traveled, Kevon Looney traveled. There was a lot of travels called on them, and that really hurt any offensive momentum they had. You know, Jordan Poole tried to do the, the James Harden patented double step back, but he's not James Harden. That's getting called for a travel every time, and he made the 3-2, so thankfully it was called a travel. But a great win for the Kings. It moves them up into the ninth seed in the West, only one game back of the sixth seed. And up next on Tuesday, they are playing against the Brooklyn Nets. And this is their uh, national TV game. I believe they're only one of the season against a Nets team that just got beat by the Lakers. That's how bad they've been so far this season. Uh, Kevin Durant's been carrying them. And Kevin Durant is obviously going to be a very tough matchup. We don't have anyone that can guard him. I mean, really, nobody does, but especially us. You know, a guy like Wiggins is killing us. Imagine what Kevin Durant's going to do, because Wiggins is just a, a budget Kevin Durant. But the, the Nets also just don't have any other options, and hopefully we don't get some announcement that Kyrie Irving's coming back or something. I don't think he will yet. But... Uh, just not a lot of offensive options on this Nets team. And also, they aren't very good defensively either. So, a really good opportunity to get a win at home. And maybe push us above 500 and hopefully get a win in our one chance on national television. We do have the longest winning streak in the Western Conference right now at three games. Which surprised me when I saw that. How does no one have more than a three game win streak right now? But... Hopefully we can extend that to four. I know our longest winning streak in the past few years has been five games. So maybe we can get past that. I know it's a, it's, we'd have to win three more games. We'd have to double our current win streak. But it's not out of the question because the next three opponents are not very good. Although maybe we are due for a letdown because these last few games I I haven't there hasn't really been any point where I was really upset with how we've played. And so, maybe not since the Orlando game have I been upset with how we played. Uh, so maybe we're due for one of those. But hopefully not. Hopefully we can get that win. But anyways, that is it for this episode of The Royal Report. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And if you're listening to the audio version of the podcast, make sure to leave a rating and a review. And I will see you guys to wrap up the Brooklyn Nets game. Peace.